Welcome to the True Girl Momcast, where we'll learn a lot, laugh a lot, and have biblical conversation about raising daughters, because the struggle is real. But guess what? You, my friend, are not alone. I'm one of your hosts, Janet Milan. I'll be joined momentarily by Dana Gresh and Shani McKenzie. 90% of teens say they experience peer pressure. Are you preparing your tween daughter for that? Because the pressure she will face won't just be to wear a certain brand of jeans or listen to a certain band or even skip class. It could be pressure to question and even change her own gender. If that sounds heavy, don't worry. Today, Shani's going to break down how to reinforce the importance of positive peer pressure in your daughter's life. Also, you'll hear why Dana's still waiting for help in raising her kids. And Shani remembers her friends giving her some advice about gas. It's not what you think. And I reveal my angst about nutrition advice in the 80s. Let's dive in. Hello, ladies. Hey, girl. So listen, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Don't you love when I have questions? (laughs) I want to hear about the worst advice a friend, and I'm putting up air quotes right now for those who can't see, a friend ever gave you. Mm. Well, I... I don't know if I would call this person a friend because it wasn't really a person. It was more of a construct. Oh, (laughs) But the construct back in the 80s told me that healthy eating was to be found in the food pyramid. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Friend or foe. I don't know, because if you look up the food pyramid from the 80s, the original one, it basically says meat and vegetables. Okay, yeah. But bread and cereal literally says bread cereal rice and pasta are the largest like thing you should eat the biggest food group the most important the foundation of everything is bread well i (laughs) am totally nailing the food pyramid this is just in the 80s we're talking about because i'm pretty sure can you imagine saying that now cereal eat all the cereal you can because that's the best way to start your day does fruit loops count (laughs) apparently it would That's so I funny. think it's bad advice. Yeah. But, you know, it changes that's all the time. That was right. the food pyramid they taught us in elementary school. Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. That was the original uh-huh. food pyramid. They weren't friends of ours. <laughs> you know, I had a friend, air quotes, mm-hmm. tell me when I was like that first stress mountain you hit with your first baby where you're just like, I can't do this. Right. Mm-hmm. She said to me, Dana, it takes a village. And I know that that's a common thing. Yeah. But I'm just waiting. Like, when exactly do these village people show up? <laughs> the village the people? Village people. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. When do they show up? Because they never came in the long nights of feeding. They never came with the terrible twos. They never came with the teenagers. They, I'm a grandmother now, and I'm still waiting for the village to show up. Where is the village? It's just me waking up at 2 a.m. 2 a.m. No one's here. Oh. What about you, Shane? Oh, this friend of mine, they will remain nameless. Uh, It was in college, guys. And they convinced me that my car that had no gas was going to make it to the destination. Oh, no. Do you think it made it? (laughs) Yeah. And there were no gas stations open at that time. This is, you know, 97. And uh, yeah, they were there. We were out there getting towed. Because I had no gas, and my friend told me that I could make it. You got bad advice. Yep. 
Uh, yep, got bad advice. They never rode with me again. And against your better judgment, <laughs> probably. Yes. You knew, right? I In my heart. Yeah. You know? And you know how does this fit do. into what we're talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Dana, we're talking about peer pressure today. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so I think it fits a little bit. Mm-hmm. It does. It fits. <laughs> that peer it's pressure fit. is a doozy. And Shani, I'm so excited because you're going to be giving our, our scripture snack today. But before you share it, I we've just spent the entire day yesterday all the three of us in mm-hmm. in a prayer and planning session for a workshop that we're crafting for a lot of different ways we're going to use it this fall but in a revive our hearts true woman conference later this month and the workshop is titled how to talk to your daughter about gender. So the three of us have been reading, um, for lack of a better descriptor, a secular best-selling book on the topic. And the title is Irreversible Damage. It's by Abigail Schreier. And listen to this subtitle, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. Would you guys Mm -hmm. agree? It's kind of a must read for every mom out there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, again, it's not a faith-based book. It is just a must read, but so eye-opening and well-researched. And the research is alarming like that's to say the least right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's really alarming most notably there's been a huge jump in high school girls saying they're transgender which means they don't feel like they're the gender written on the birth certificate yeah and before 2012 it was really only a boy problem transgenderism but now it's mostly girls so from a sociological point of view when you see a huge jump in a population seeking medical care for a condition like that, mm. the responsible thing to do as a researcher is to stop and say, why is this happening? We're seeing such a big drastic change. Why? Right. And this author, Abigail Schreier, really became well known when she wrote a Wall Street Journal article reporting on, quote, clusters of adolescents in a single grade suddenly discovering transgender identities together, mm. begging for hormones, desperate for surgery. Okay. I almost want you to read that again, but together in a single mm-hmm. grade clusters that sounds like peer pressure to me right mm. yep yeah and the thing is gender dysphoria is a real thing i want to be very careful to say that i want to be sensitive to the fact that some people their lives are in deep pain caused by gender dysphoria in most cases it's about 70% of teenagers who struggle with gender dysphoria that it resolves by the time they're adults mm. but the point i want to make is this negative peer pressure isn't just about the clothes that we wear these days. Mm-hmm. It can be about completely changing your body. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're talking high schoolers who want to alter their physical bodies because of peer pressure. The book actually calls it social contagion. Then, as you said, this ties in with my scriptural snack today. Moms, we're talking about peer pressure, not transgenderism, mm-hmm. but it's clearly one reason we need to address the importance of reinforcing positive peer pressure in our girls' lives. Ladies, I think you'd agree that there are countless studies and plethora of information out there on negative peer pressure, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dana, I know you love a good study. I do. I love my research. Speak my language, (laughs) Mm -hmm. honey. (laughs) Well, about four years ago, the Journal of Adolescence published a study on something called the pro-social influence effect. It's basically a fancy way to say positive peer pressure. And this study was conducted using a sample of 755 participants aged 8 to 59. So here are how they broke down the five groups that they studied. There were children eight to 11 years old, and that's what we call tweens around here. Mm -hmm. The second group was young adolescents, 12 to 14 years old, so early teens. 
Third group, mid-adolescents, 15 to 18 years old. Those were the older teens. The fourth group was young adults, 19 to 25 years old. And the fifth and final group was 26 to 59-year-old adults. So which group do you think they found was the most susceptible to pro-social influence or positive peer pressure? I would go with probably tweens. Okay. <laughs> All right. Susceptible the 8 to 11 to years. Yeah. Tweens or adults. Okay. I don't know. All right. Seems like know. everybody, but there must right. be one that <laughs> stands out above the rest. Well, it was. It was the 8 to 11-year-old tweens. Hmm. They were more likely to change their behavior as a result of social influence, which led to positive outcomes. So what does this mean? It means that this study confirms Proverbs 1320. The Bible already said this. Walk with the wise and become wise. Mm. I think I think peer pressure always gets a bad rap, right? Because most of the attention is placed on that negative stuff. And of course, the second half of Proverbs 1320, it also addresses the negative outcome of peer pressure. Mm. So let me read the whole verse to you. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. I'm sure <laughs> our parents have told us that in some way, shape, right. or form. And we also yeah. <laughs> reiterated right. this to our children, right? Seems like a, a mom wrote that. Right. <laughs> so say, fools, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble, mm-hmm. honey. So this sounds like a wake-up call for us if we aren't being attentive to the kinds of friends our kids have. Hmm. But too many times we get it backwards. Right. We lead with the bad news. Your kid will be messed up if they have bad friends. Mm. And being honest, as a mom in today's culture, I know I'm constantly feeling the need to address all of the lies and the bad things. And I want my kids to stay away from this and stay away from that. And then we really, if ever, talk about how positive an impact good friends can have. Right. Right. So this verse leads with the positive invitation to walk with the wise and become wise. Mm. So here's my question. How do we, as moms, give more energy to reinforcing positive peer pressure than harping on its negative counterpart, right? I would offer you three suggestions. Would you like the suggestions? I would like them. (laughs) Bring the suggestions. (laughs) Bring them. Bring them. So number one, mom, we have to walk in wisdom with our girlfriends. Mm. Boom. Mm -hmm. Um, Dana... A few episodes ago, you were talking about a conversation you had with a friend. You called her because there were some things going on with Bob and you were a little bit upset. Oh, and the high conflict stuff? It was some high conflict stuff. Yeah. And she took you to a scripture. That's where she led you. Uh-huh. And that's not necessarily what you wanted at that moment. Well, I, I'm imagining, I don't remember this story, but I probably wanted her to commiserate with me. Yes. Instead, she was like, read your Bible. <laughs> yes. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? No. And you were like, ugh. Mm. <laughs> Listen, I think we've all been there, right? Whether we're going on a rant about our spouse or our kiddos or our jobs. The question is, do we need friends who redirect us to truth mm. or who only validate our feelings? That's good. Hmm. And I know it feels good to be validated. Trust me. But how do we teach our daughters that good feels aren't the goal? And yeah. right decisions don't always feel good. Right. I always like to say some things are better caught than taught. You know? That's good. I say that a lot. And selecting friend, selecting good friends might be one of those things. We need to set that example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We actually did what you just talked about right before we recorded today. Because oh, we all yeah. kind of came in with some different things we're concerned about. And 
one of us just wanted to whine about life, but mm-hmm. instead said, let's walk in gratitude. So we mm-hmm. talked well, about gratitude. Well, I think we all agreed, including sound engineer extraordinaire Blake. It was a good day for whining because mm-hmm. yeah. none of us are having like a stellar day today with mm-hmm. some stuff right. happening. And But together we said, okay, what are we grateful for? Let's yeah. not just sit and whine. Let's turn our focus on and the Jesus. Lord. Yeah. yeah. You guys are positive friends. Yeah. Thank you for being this is here. A, it's a good crew. Yeah. It's a good crew. What's the, wor- <laughs> what's the word? What are those words again, Shani? Oh, I know. We uh-huh. are we are putting t- t- into place the pro-social influence effect. That's what we're doing. See? See how you were able to use that in lay conversation? It's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, we nailed again. the first thing right away. We haven't even finished <laughs> recording the podcast yet. <laughs> Yeah, your next two tips. <laughs> two, right? Wow. <laughs> Number two, we should do peer check-ins. Hmm. Hmm. In this day and age where, as parents, you're taught that your child needs to just have their privacy and you need to stay out of their affairs. And hmm. um, in my house, we still <laughs> do check-ins with our children. And it's not about the privacy it's about making sure that our children are getting the good godly advice that they need and mm. good godly counsel. Um, and so ask your daughter about some godly advice she's received from a friend lately. Hmm. If it truly was sound counsel, reinforce that. It's a great thing. It will empower your daughter to know that you think she's making wise friend choices and following godly wisdom, not hmm. necessarily just trying to be in her business or ch- Yeah, our children do need some level of autonomy, of course. It will empower your daughter to know that you think she's making wise friend choices and following godly wisdom. You know, I'm feeling that is so good because so many times we check in on their friends because we're afraid they're giving them bad advice. And then Mm -hmm. we tell them, you don't hang around with that friend anymore. Mm -hmm. But I can't remember a time when I actually checked in like that and affirmed Mm -hmm. the relationship. Yeah. So what a good, what a good thing to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the third and final tip, if you will, is we must equip our daughters to be positive peers. This is not just about who they have in their lives. (laughs) It's about them being that positive peer as well, right? And when she comes to you about how to help a friend or combat negative peers, walk with her. Hmm. And this is key. Try not to give her the solution. There are going to be times where we need to do that. But as much as possible, we need to set our daughters up to be able to do this when we're not around, right? Mm -hmm. Let her become wise. That means she's discovering the right solution, first seeking God. Hmm. Uh, And my daughter, she recently had a, she sent me a text and she's like, mom, advice. Um, And she had a friend who was texting her and, you know, she was talking about about this other girl that neither of them really know well. And, you know, my daughter's like, I told her, hey, I'm not comfortable. I don't know this girl. And it seems like you just talk about her a lot. And so she said, you know, she got radio silence then from her friend. And so she's like, she hasn't responded. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know, like, what to do. And we had to have that conversation. And the hard conversation is that is a possibility. It's a possibility that Mm -hmm. she might not respond. It might not be positive. And, Mm -hmm. There might be a change in the friendship now. Mm. Um, And so letting them know that even if they're demonstrating positive peer (laughs) behavior, the other person might not appreciate that. Uh, Teaching them how to be okay with it. Mm. How to even take that to God. Yeah. You know, 
So to recap, one, mom, let's walk in wisdom with our girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Two, let's do peer check-ins with our daughters, positive peer check-ins. And let's equip her to be that positive peer. I like, Shani, how you said that we need to allow our daughters to become wise. Mm. Because like you said, there's this degree of, there's always this balance in motherhood of knowing what to grab onto and what to let go of. Mm -hmm. And so we can't just make all their choices for them Mm -hmm. or they just never learn how to struggle, which is important. And they never learn how to exercise the discernment muscle Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. understand the Holy Spirit. And, and all of that. So to me, that's a, that was a good, that was a good word today for me of mm. just like, let them become wise, which mm-hmm. means letting them not get it right all the time, letting mm-hmm. them be hurt sometimes, letting your daughter experience radio silence from someone she thought was a friend yeah. and not trying to just fix it, mm-hmm. but just kind of letting that happen so they can learn how to become wise. That was mm. excellent. Excellent. So good. So good. So basically, Shani, um, I think what you're saying today, this is so cool, is that the secret to teaching your daughter to resist peer pressure is, in fact, peer pressure. Right. <laughs> right. Isn't that crazy. From positive good friends, of course. So mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking, though, that this assumes that she's choosing her friends well and that mm-hmm. she does have some friends who can provide that positive peer pressure. So let me ask what are some things you guys have done to teach your daughters to choose her friends well? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my daughters is a rescuer. So if there's somebody who needs rescuing, she's going to find them and be the rescuer <laughs> of, of the human. And I've had to teach her, have conversations about that, like teaching her, hey, it's not your job to rescue people. Yeah. Actually, it's your, you know, you can support people, encourage them. But if you're always the rescuer, you're never going to have someone pouring into your life and you're going to get exhausted mm-hmm. and depleted. And just the other day, we had a conversation. I asked her, who's your closest friend that you really, you know, can be yourself with and go deep with? And she was just like, uh, Mm. took her some time. And I'm not sure she really landed on like that. She has someone that tight. Um, But that's part of her learning. Like, oh, I need to find someone who who gives to me, not just people I can Mm. always give to. And Mm. yeah. So basically identifying the kinds of friends your daughter specifically needs. And it might be different from girl to girl, right? Right, Mm -hmm. yeah, because not every kid is prone to be the rescuer. Mm -hmm. You know, some are the people pleasers and some are just always in the driver's seat, Mm -hmm. no matter what. They're leading everybody (laughs) all the time. (laughs) You got to know your your kid (laughs) and know what wisdom they have to learn to walk in with friendships. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. they're all different. I mentioned people pleaser and... My daughter is that to the nth degree and everything. She just, you know, wants everybody to be happy, but even at the detriment of her own um, happiness. And sometimes we actually have to talk through different ways to say no. Uh, Or if she has to challenge someone on something, like we work through those scenarios. uh, So she's prepared well, you know, like how I mentioned before, you know, things are might change. There might be an ending to a friendship there. It's not, it might not always end the way you desire for it to end. And the person might be upset with you. You know, how do you survive past that? And Mm -hmm. so we walk through different ways to say, "Mm, no, okay, not my bag. Or 
actually, and so she can put voice to what she's feeling in the situation. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that what you're talking about, a lot of that is like trajectory. We're mm-hmm. trying to teach these girls who think in the moment about yeah. how their actions are going to affect them in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's something about what I kind of do with my kids sometimes is this then what game. Like, mm-hmm. well, okay, your friend said this. So let's play this out. If you respond in this way, how's that going to play out? And how's it going to play out this way to make them start to see that there's there's consequences yeah. or fruit, depending to whatever your actions are right now. And sometimes it may not be the end of like a fairy tale movie. It right. might be hard. It yeah. might end, end up in rejection. Yeah. But so what true. is the Lord asking you to do? But that's part of that exercising mm-hmm. that muscle of learning trajectory for their actions and what, what yeah. course they're on with their friendships. And that And that trajectory thing too, doing that exercise and then what and then what that's Mm -hmm. a great tool to teach them wisdom Mm -hmm. you don't have to learn it on the hot pavement of life every time Mm -hmm. you can think through the then what game and be like oh this is giving me wisdom i'm thinking through this i love that Mm -hmm. fewer bruises and bumps well Mm -hmm. you know when i think about helping my kids select friends i think of my mom i have this Mm -hmm. picture of her that just is so precious to me. We had lots of sleepovers. We were a sleepover family growing <laughs> up. And I can see her perched on the shag carpet, the brown shag carpet <laughs> of the basement steps with all my girlfriends, their sleeping bags. And um, I didn't think anything of it at the time, but my mom was like in the middle of my sleepovers. Mm. And she would like hang out with us and eat popcorn with us. And she was just really with us. I I call her my sleepover diva because <laughs> somehow it wasn't awkward mm-hmm. and she knew when to back off and give us some space. Right. But I think between that and her just always volunteering to be carpool, which can be such a menial task sometimes, but she's there, she's hearing the conversations, she's observing things that I wasn't able to interpret well. And she'd be able, like, I remember one kind of nasty conversation. Some girls were using some nasty words. Well, I didn't know they were nasty words. I never heard the words before. They were just words to me. And my mom later said, do you know what this word means? And I'm like, no, do you know what that word means? No, but she was able to discern, oh, this might not be the best friend for you because I'm seeing some things that aren't good and I didn't even see them. Mm. So that be with time with your kids, you know, be the carpool queen, be the sleepover diva so that you can observe those relationships. Wow, I love that, the sleepover diva. You know, speaking of being a sleepover diva, that's kind of cool because our pajama party box is coming out for True Girl subscribers this mm-hmm. month. You get to do that. You get to dive into planning a pajama party with your daughter mm-hmm. while you talk to your daughter about peer pressure. So it's just like what you're talking about, Dana, with your mom, but just in a cute little box all together, <laughs> ready to go. Um, and your mom, the mom-daughter date for that box provides all the talking points that you'll need moms to coach your daughter up in her friendships and everything you need to have an awesome, positive peer pressure PJ party. That's a lot of P's, but alliteration <laughs> yeah. is memorable. I'm feeling important. like Piper Pickle Peppers. I always get that wrong. Peter, Peter, Piper. Peter Piper picked mm-hmm. a peck of pickled peppers yeah. at the positive if peer pressure PJ party. Mm. Wow. I Janet Milan. And that's without practice. We have discovered Janet Milan's there spiritual gift. Friends. And we have gone <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> hey, I think I should mention that if you'd like to join us for the workshop we've been working on, you can. Just get your ticket at truewoman22.com to the upcoming Revive Our Hearts True Woman Conference happening September 22nd to 24th in Indianapolis. Dana, Janet, and I will be offering a breakout workshop on the topic of how to talk to your daughter about gender. 
I'm really excited about that, Shani. I'm also excited about next month on the True Girl Momcast. We're going to talk about how to teach your daughter about dignity. Listen to this. The American Psychological Association's two-year task force on the sexualization of girls revealed a clear link between fashion and beauty products and the marketing associated with them. And they linked this to an increase in body image issues, eating disorders, and depression. So we know that pressuring a girl to grow up too fast, appear older, and accentuate her sexuality really puts her on a conveyor belt to harmful habits and beliefs about herself, including eating disorders and self-loathing. At Drew Girl, we develop tools that creatively inspire girls to present themselves with dignity, not modesty, dignity. And some of the church's teaching on modesty we think is incomplete and fails to address the most important point of the matter, the heart. So that's what's coming up next month on the True Girl Momcast.